Welcome to the Selfish Mom Podcast, featuring real talk with busy moms who have no shame when it comes to their self-care. Today I'm chatting with my good friend Jasmine Smith, who's currently in her I'm Raising a Young Adult Era of Motherhood. If you've ever wondered what your life would look like after your kids are grown and out of your house, then this episode is for you. We dive into the impact of positive self-talk, the power of social care, and the importance of creating an identity outside of being a mom. Jasmine shares how she found time for self-care throughout the changing seasons of motherhood as a single mom, a multifaceted creative entrepreneur, and a government executive. Let's dive in. Hey, Jasmine. Thank you so much for making some time for me in your busy day to chat with me on the Selfish Mom podcast. I'm super excited to dive into your story. But before we get started, could you share with our audience a little bit about yourself and what keeps you busy? First, Grace, thank you so much for extending your platform to me. Um, I am so happy for you. I am so happy that you have decided to create this because moms need this. Mothers need this. We need a space to share um, and to learn and grow with each other. So I just want to say first, thank you so much for creating Selfish Moms. Um, I uh, do a couple of different things. I'm very multifaceted. Uh, yes, I am a mom. I am, in fact, a single mom. I had my son um, two weeks before my 18th birthday. And so essentially, we have kind of grown up together. Uh, my son was in my college classes with me. He's, he's just kind of been my ride or die, although we still have a very, very strong mother-son dynamic. Um, as far as what I do professionally, um, I do two things. I am a government employee. I'm a government executive. I do communications. And I'm also an entrepreneur, something that um, connected the two of us, but that I also find very common with other moms who are extremely busy and that need to learn how to be more selfish. Yeah, wow. A mom at 18, that is, I mean, you deserve a a gold medal for that, a single mom at that. So thank you for sharing. So how old is your son now? Could you kind of describe like what your current season of motherhood looks like now? Yes. Um, So I I just turned 40 this year. So I'm 40. We are 17 years and two weeks apart. So my son is 22. Um, he is entering his senior year of college this fall. And so where I am as a mom uh, is I am in much more of an advisory role. Uh, I want, I think one thing that all mothers probably can relate to or will as you, those who have younger children is that our kids do go through different stages, right? Our kids have different needs. And so there's a very like, they need you for everything, right? That kind of newborn baby. And then they go through adolescence, which is a whole nother like situation, the teenage years, and then they become young adults. And then they get 18, 19, 20, where they're still young. They're still young adults. Um, and particularly, I, I think with boys, there's a, a, a maturity thing that doesn't kick in as fast as as our girls do. But, you know, we're still required to parent just very differently. So where I am, is, as I said earlier, I feel like I'm more of an advisor um, I have taught my son some very basic principles, right? Foundationally, as a human being, there's some things that I've instilled in him. Um, he's, you know, gone through through school, through high school, elementary school, and so now as a college student preparing to really um, prepare for adulthood, 
I'm just an advisor. So I'm like, bruh, I've given you, I've given you the playbook. Now you have to go out and execute and run the plays, right? And so as a mom, I am just really advising when he has questions, right? I'm doing my best to not necessarily make decisions for him. There are times when I do have to do that, but you know, one of the things and the dynamics that change as our, our children get older is understanding our role as moms and our kids. And so respecting who they are as humans, as young adults, how do we not enable them to a place where, you know, we're not allowing them to learn um, and grow. And so I have to constantly self-check and remind myself that I am just an advisor here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it took you what, like, how how old is Trey now? You said 20? Trey is 22. He'll be 23 in November. Wow, 23. Okay, so for a mom like me, fellow boy mom, where my boys are relative, like a lot younger, right? So 15, 7, mm-hmm. and 20 months old. So I feel like I'm still advising, but in a different way than yep. how you're advising you, your son. Could you share a little bit kind of, can you share a little bit how you deal with those moments when you're trying to advise your son and you get a sense of frustration because you know that you've taught him how to do certain things. You know that you've instilled the right values and principles, but yet he frustrates you because of his actions or maybe lack of action. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Grace, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of self-talk for me and like having to remind myself that he's only 22. Right. And 22, at least in my household, is really like 16, 17 <laughs> on a good day, maybe 18. Um, and so, yes, I, you know, as a as a as a full grown adult, right, I'm a woman. I've lived. I've experienced more things. Sometimes I recognize that I'm putting my expectations on him. And it's not fair to him, right? Because he is only 22. He has not lived. He has not seen, you know, the things that I have. And so for me, um, I get frustrated a lot. And so again, I just have to first self-check and say, Jasmine, like, are you being ridiculous? Are you being hormonal? Are you being, you know, this doesn't make sense. He's a 22 year old young man trying to figure things out. So constantly reminding myself and checking myself in my quiet moments. Um, my quiet mom moments, as I call them. Um, and then also, I think, talking to um, other other women, other friends, uh, and, and having my friends, and this is where community comes in, having my friends remind me that, why should he have to have it figured out? He's only 22, right? So sometimes we need that outside voice just mm-hmm. to remind us that, like, he's actually doing okay. He's in college. <laughs> he's, yeah. There's no addictions. There's no... There's no children. He's never been to jail, right? So I'm have to remind myself, and I think having a community of people that know me, they know um, how I was raised, they've seen and experienced how I have raised my son. They they have an understanding of my son and I's relationship, which I think is also very good. It's just good to have them remind me of like, Jasmine, you did well. First of all, don't blame yourself, and secondly, like he's only 22, trying to figure out life, right? My 22 looked different. That's the other thing, right? trying not to compare where I was at 22, I was trying to survive with a child, right? So my level of focus and drive and ambition solely was tied to survival mode. It wasn't tied to like, okay, I'm just kind of going through the world trying to figure me out. My son, thankfully, has the opportunity to use these this time at 22, at 23, at 21 to figure out who he is. So again, I would say just self-checking and being realistic with myself. Um, and then also when I have those moments being willing to share with other moms in particular, other friends, just to have them remind me that like, girl, 
you're doing fine. He's doing fine. Relax. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I definitely resonate with the whole self-awareness piece, right? I, 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 I feel like I go through this motion where I first criticize myself. Like, what am I doing? Like, why am I so hard on myself? And then moving into that mindset shift where I remind myself to your point, okay, well, my son is only seven. I have to kind of lower my expectation. And then you mentioned a really crucial part, right? Like leaning into your community, your tribe, your village to kind of help you, um, you know, validate your feelings and also, you know, confirm, hey, Jasmine, you're doing a really good job. And I think as moms, we forget that. And so it's really important to surround ourselves with people that see us, see what we're doing and can really highlight all the wins and, and all the things that we're doing right so that we prevent ourselves or stop ourselves from looking at the things that we're not doing or that we perceive we're doing wrong. So, yeah. And if I can also add, Grace, I think it's important that we also try to do our best as moms to um, block out the distractions. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking of like social media, right? The same way we struggle some of us, I do, as a, as a woman, as a human, seeing other people do things that maybe, I'm like, why are they there? I'm not there yet. I think that we could still apply that same thinking sometimes to when we're raising our children, we see other families, oh, their kid's doing this. Why is my kid not doing it, right? That comparison thing, I, I do believe that that exists. I struggle with that. And again, just being fully transparent, but again, leaning back into the community to help reinforce, revalidate that. Trey is who Trey is and who Trey is today is not who Trey's going to be tomorrow. And I don't know what that other child has going on, right? There could be, we, we're only seeing the glimpse of, on social media, but that child could be a horrible human. Yeah, <laughs> it could yeah, be no, a hellion, right? And so just, I want to just kind of call that out as well as just being mindful of those external distractions that reinforce the negative uh, feelings or the feelings of guilt that we have as moms with our children. Yeah, no, that's that's a good call out. So one thing that really amazes me about you, Jasmine, is that you are a single mom. So my husband left for a year deployment and I felt like I had a small glimpse into what that life felt like being a single mom. And it was hard really, really hard. And I don't think I, I fully lived out being a single mom because I fortunately for me, I did have my parents um, come and live with me uh, during that time to help. But I wanted to get insight from you as a single mom. How did you find time for yourself, right, to take care of yourself so that you can not only show up for yourself as you know, the healthiest version of yourself for your son, but also kind of be an example for your son that you it is important to take care of yourself. Could you share kind of some tips, tricks, or some of the things that like keep you accountable to creating space for you? Yeah, um, I. That's a great question. I do not believe that I became as self-aware until later on uh, in my parenting years. Um, at 17, 18, again, I was just like in survival mode. Like, what do I need to do to take care of myself and my son? Um, and start creating a life that feels good, right, for me and for my son. Um, and so uh, out of that was a piece of me and always wanted to make sure that I was feeling some level of satisfaction and fulfillment. So I was always working, always grinding. But I also wanted to make sure I had something for myself, which led me 
to becoming an entrepreneur. So when Trey was very, very, very young, my first kind of stint in, in entrepreneurship was doing day of wedding coordination. Um, and I, I believe that it was in my kind of side hustle or creative project, I discovered that, okay, there's different parts of me, this feels good. And so while I am hustling and trying to, you know, pay these bills and make sure that we're taken care of, for me, working as an entrepreneur in that creative space, that was a, 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 a form of self-care that mm -hmm. I committed myself to. Um, and I began to adapt this notion very young, Grace, that, um, and this is a very unpopular belief, but I'm going to say it because it's, it's my belief. I adopted this notion that uh, my son would never become my all and my everything. He was a part of my world and what I was creating. And so by creating that separation, I was able to maintain a level of identity of like, I'm more than just a mom. Like I'm a businesswoman. I coordinate weddings, right? And so, but I could also, it was still duality in that I was still a mom, right? So those things could coexist. And I began to see that the more that I would lean into my creative projects, that was again, my form of self-care. I was still able to show up for my son and be a supportive mom and, and, and be there in that role for him. As he got older and I got older, then I began to better identify with, okay, what else do I need? Because then what happened, self-care also became work. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that leads to burnout. So that's a whole other conversation. But I will say that as I matured um, as a mom, because that happens for us, we mature as our kids get older, we're learning more about ourselves, how we respond. Uh, and as he uh, became older, I recognized that there's other things I need to be doing besides just working. That's not necessarily taking care of me. It was, it was, it was scratching an itch and there was a level of fulfillment there, but Jasmine needs more than just to be around the clock working and grinding. And so, um, you know, for me, just, you know, a lot of it was community. A lot of it was, um, I would do these, um, these uh, get togethers with my girlfriends called Girls Night In. And that for me was self-care. And I would invite a bunch of girlfriends. We would have wine and I would tell everybody to bring either a bottle of wine or appetizer. And we would just spend three or four hours in the living room late at night. We'd put stickies with uh, topics in a fishbowl. We'd just pull from them and just, we would just talk. And it would be from things we were struggling with as moms, as women, it could be sex. It could be just something, you know, religion. We would just have, it was no judgment, good conversation. And for me, I began to understand that that was community and that that was also a level of self-care for me and that having those conversations, laughing out loud about things that like, and knowing that other folks were struggling too, like that for me became self-care. So it wasn't necessarily this, this regimen of, I have to do yoga and all these practices have been around. They're more relevant now, but for me, it was more my community. And I, and I believe this to be true even now at 40, at this stage of, of being a parent, that community really is important to me. And that um, if I'm just down and out and I need to pick me up, sometimes it is like connecting with a girlfriend and going to have drinks or going to movie with someone. And I'm an introvert. Let me just say that. I am an <laughs> introvert. Uh, but it's amazing how when I think about self-care, right, it's kind of like, what am I doing to refill my, my empty cup? And while I love being myself, being by myself and, and what that looks like when it comes to Okay, I need to gather myself. I just, I be able to pull from some amazing men because I have my community also, men and women. That's what self care is for me. No, I love that. So I heard a couple of things, Jasmine. I, I heard that you were able to create, so you, 
your form of self-care happened kind of in two phases, right? The first one was when you became aware that you needed to create a version of Jasmine outside of mom, right? So that created uh, your wedding planning business and that was your creative outlet. But through that, I also hear that the way that you get energy is through people, through community, right? So I love how you called out that self-care really does look different for everyone, right? You can spend some time alone and kind of recharge your battery that way, get more energy that way, but you can also do it um, with people, right? So thanks for sharing that. So question for you, what benefits could you share with the audience when it comes to self-care, right? Because I, I can imagine the guilt that probably came with um, maybe having to leave Trey at home while you ran your business or having somebody watch Trey while you had your girls night in, right? And so what benefits kind of outweighed that guilt that was associated with making sure that your son was taken care of while you were practicing these self-care activities? That's a, that's a really good question. I thinking back and even to today, the benefits for me of self-care, uh, one thing it's helped me to do, Grace, is unblock. Uh, unblock where I'm in, when I'm in a space mentally, I'm just trying to figure something out. Being able to tend and care for myself, whether it's going to a spa by myself or it is meeting with, you know, meeting up with a friend who I haven't talked to in a long time. Through those conversations with that other person has just helped me to open up my mind and see things from a different perspective because I can then be transparent. I can then get it off my chest. I can share it in a space that is that is safe and that feels good. And, you know, who knew that by me opening up to grace, it would lead me to be thinking about or seeing a situation I'm in a lot differently. So it would just cause a level of unblock is the word that comes top of mind. Um, I think when I was selected to self-care solo, <laughs> uh, I think more about just being able to um, not have to deal and think about anything. I can just be in the moment, right? Be in that that quiet space and not feel like um, I have to make a decision, right? What's yeah. for dinner? <laughs> what time is the meeting? Where, <laughs> you know, just all those dynamics that happen in our, in our head. I can just solo. I just really do a good job at, whether it's even, even just like watching TV, right? Like for me, watching Netflix by myself, that's a form of self-care. Like it's entertainment. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to develop a strategy or have a plan or, or fix anything. I can just watch other people's recklessness on TV, right? <laughs> Be entertained. And yes. then I'm just like, okay, now I can go and move on to the next task. So I would, again, just, just say those two things, the solo self-care um, and then just the, the dialogue and the, the beauty that comes with, with community. Yeah, no, I love that. And I, I, yeah, I agree. I always call it like my non-thinking activities. And, you know, when, whenever we allow ourselves to just like not think, I feel like it just opens up more space to just breathe. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's how I feel whenever I'm doing any of my non-thinking activities and definitely yeah. binge watching on Netflix is, is one of them. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I know all over social media, there are always memes about how hard it is about, you know, to be a mom, all the negative things that come with being a mom. I want to do the inverse. 
What would you say is the best part of being a mom or the best thing about being a mom? I think that's a very deep question because I believe that being a mom is a very deep and heavy, heavy responsibility. Um, and so when I think about like the joys and, and the benefits and all the, the make the positive, excuse me, of being a mom, um, for me, it's, it's watching my son grow up, right? There's the, the, the initial piece of like, we create, like, we actually create a whole human, like mm-hmm. how incredible is that? But like, once the human's here, like now what do we do? And I think, you know, when I think back about the memories of watching him grow up um, from being two to five to seven to the teenage years, um, experiencing prom and football games and just kind of seeing him um, in his element and, and being filled with joy. And that could be something as small as, you know, playing in his first concert where he played violin and then never picked it up again in, mm-hmm. in elementary school. Right. But being excited about this concert and dressing up and playing this instrument to being accepted into college, right? And playing his first college football game. I would say I have enjoyed the process of watching him grow, but also watching him just be and feel happy, watching him in his moments of joy. Yeah, no, that, oh my goodness, I feel that. I think as moms, the first, our first instinct is always to make our kids happy, right? Because I think it's, it's a, it's a selfish goal because when you see your kids happy, naturally you feel happy, right? Yeah. I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one out there that selfishly wants to see my kids happy for the sake of my, my own happiness. So speaking of happiness, Jasmine, if you had a full 24 hours to do whatever you want in the name of self-care how would you spend those 24 hours oh such a big question um can i just throw out some things that would be involved in those 24 hours this is your day <laughs> this is your day um, i would i would book a, a day in a five star your girl loves luxury i would book myself a five star hotel in a very nice uh, hotel room with a view so I could look out preferably by some water um, I would have champagne all day I would take naps I would get up I would put on like a sexy outfit I would take myself to lunch um, and I may read I may not and then I would end my day with a dinner uh, with friends oh my goodness I love that can I can I share that day with you yes <laughs> let's do it Send me, like I told my son, this is how I organized, send me a calendar invite. Oh my goodness. I love that. I think spending time, it's like an equal balance of like alone time and then ending your day with your friends. And I'm also going to throw out this because I know you, you're probably going to have like a good meal in there somewhere, right? A good meal with French fries, preferably truffle fries. Yes. Yes. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful day. Well, Jasmine, before we wrap up, I wanted to I wanted to ask you one last question to help other moms listening to this podcast become a little bit more selfish. If you could tell your 18-year-old self or give your 18-year-old self any piece of advice in regards to self-care and wellness, what would it be? It would be to choose yourself. It'd be to choose yourself. We 
have the divine privilege of being able to create human beings, um, but they're not ours. We don't own our kids. Hmm. Our kids grow up to be their own person, <laughs> their own agendas. Um, and so I would say, just be careful not to center your kids so much that you lose who you are so that when your kids go off to, to become who they're meant to be, you still have a sense of self. You're not searching um, and or you're not crossing boundaries because you want to be so part of their, every part of their life. So I would just say, I would say, choose yourself. I mean, you're a mom and yes, there's going to be times where you're going to have to say no. Um, but I would say, think about when I say choose yourself, you know, think about to your core who you are, who you want to be, um, and and know what's required for you to be your best best self. And I believe if you can identify those things, that choosing yourself won't be difficult for you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that, Jasmine. Uh, one of the things that I heard early on uh, before I became a mother was you raise your kids to leave you, to become independent and leave you. So think about what that looks like when your kids are no longer at home with you. If all you focus your life and energy on is caring and catering to your kids, when they become adults, independent adults, independent, happy adults, let's say, what's left? Mm -hmm. And the answer should be, if you've taken care of yourself, it should be you. You. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. This has been a wonderful conversation. Um, yeah, if there's any th last pieces, piece of advice you want to share or uh, maybe let everybody know how they can get in touch with you to get some behind the scenes on your selfish mom life and maybe get some insight into your creative um, endeavors outside of work. Well, Grace, thank you again for having me. This has been fun. Um, it's been insightful for me. I was actually just thinking about some of the things I was saying, like I need to be making sure I'm practicing and exercising these things more often. Um, but uh, I would say I'm on Instagram at the Jasmine Smith, T-H-E-J-A-S-M-I-N-E. S-M-I-T-H. I forgot some of my last name. So if you want to stay connected, um, that's just a great way um, DM me. I'm happy to like set up. I love doing coffees and, and meeting and connecting with other uh, women and other other moms. So um, yeah, thank you so much, Grace. This is this has been good, and all the best to you and all the selfish moms out there. Thanks, Jasmine. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Selfish Mom Podcast. I hope my conversation with Jasmine inspired you to start prioritizing your self care and creating a life outside of being a mom. Being a selfish mom isn't about neglecting your kids. It's about having the mindset and creating a lifestyle that makes your health and happiness a priority. So if you need help overcoming the mom guilt when it comes to self-care, I invite you to download my free mom mindset makeover at theselfishmom.co forward slash mindset so you can learn the mindset shifts you need to become a selfish mom. I'll add the link to the show notes. So tune in next week for another episode of the Selfish Mom Podcast.